0: Good morning. Okay, this morning is going to be a little bit different. When I'm not um, doing a preach as such, Um, more of a story, really, my story. So, uh, just if you've been around for the last few weeks, you'll know that we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? How does He work? What does it mean to be led by the Spirit? To walk with the Spirit? To listen to what He's saying um, in our lives and Really, I just feel that God wants me um, really to tell you about how the Spirit's been leading me really over that same period, the last couple of months or so. He's been busy with me, um, and really in order to make sense of that, I want to tell you um, some more of my own story, so I want to go back and um, give some background on that really, and I trust that will be helpful. So let's pray, and um, then we'll get going. Father, just thank you for your presence with us. Lord, I thank you for your spirit, Lord, that stirs our hearts. Lord, thank you for the privilege of being able to worship you. Lord, with your people, Lord, it's, it, it's amazing to be part of the people of God. What a privilege, Lord. And we thank you that we truly are the temple of your spirit, Lord, that is it's too big for our minds, really, but that you would dwell amongst us. Your very presence, Lord, and we just say right now that we need you. Lord, I pray that you would fill me with your spirit, Lord, each, each one of us, that you touch us, Lord, and that you give me the words to say, Father, we we'll just give this time to you. Build your church, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, as I say, I'm going to tell a bit more of a testimony, a story this morning, um, and in particular, the area that I want to focus on is my own journey with sexuality and my experience of same-sex attraction. It's not something, I was going to say, it's not something I've shared publicly before, but I have actually, about two hours ago. Um, but I really feel that it's something that God has led me to come to this point where I need to uh, just come and talk and uh, just share what God's been doing um, I was due to kick off the God in the Ordinary series this week with work and rest, but the reality is that God has not given me any rest until I abandoned that and did this instead. So here I am. So why would I do this? In a nutshell, because I believe God said to me to do it and I want to be obedient, Um, but more generally because I want to testify to the grace and the goodness of God in my life. And I just believe that for all of us as children of God, part of what it means to be part of his family is to declare the goodness of God, to declare what God has done in our lives, to bear witness to his uh, activity in our lives and what he does when he gets hold of us. So um, I want to tell the story of what God has done and is doing with me. And secondly, because I believe that as the family of God's people, that we need to be as honest and as vulnerable as we can be with one another. I want us to have that kind of culture in this church and to believe that there are no no go areas that actually that the stuff that God is big enough for the stuff that we come to him with and ultimately the testimony of God's grace God's activity in our lives brings health and life to the people of God. It's not something a little while ago that I could have foreseen myself doing, even a couple of months ago, but I, I don't know about you, but in my experience, God has a habit of kind of putting those things in front of us. Um, and sometimes he's quite difficult to ignore. <laughs> anyway, back to the story. Let's go back back to the beginning a bit. Um, I had what I think was a fairly standard and happy childhood. I was brought up as part of a church. I made some kind of initial commitment to Jesus as a teenager, although I'm not really sure um, that I understood that much of what that meant at that point. But towards the end of my teenage years into early adulthood, um, we moved a couple of times. I went away to university. I got my first job in London. And I think during that whole time of transition, um, I struggled with forming strong relationships. I did have friends, and on the surface, everything seemed to be going well. Um, But I think underneath, I wasn't always sure that I fitted well with what everybody else was doing or expected. I was pretty insecure and worried about what people thought of me. And it was really during that time that I began to struggle with feelings of same-sex attraction. I don't think I really knew what to do with those, those thoughts and feelings. They didn't cause me to pursue any kind of relationship. I didn't want that. I guess I kind of knew that that wasn't God's plan for my life. Um, But there was this battle in my thought life with what I looked at, with what I watched on telly, all those kind of things. But it all stayed inside my head. And I certainly didn't talk to anybody else about it. I guess there was a sense of shame of being on my own. I was part of a church community at that point, but it wasn't really something that was talked about, at least not in the church or in the group of uh, people that I mixed with. But the good news for me was that God wasn't going to leave me in that situation. I couldn't have told you this at the time, but looking back now, I realized that I needed to get out of London. It was too anonymous. It was too lonely. I needed a much more dynamic, real experience of God and his Holy Spirit in my life as a Christian. And I needed some really good, God-pursuing, grace-filled friends around me. So... God moved national power to Swindon. I'm not saying that's the only reason he moved national power, um, but it <laughs> and really, this led to the first of some quite significant faith steps which God put in front of me. Get what I kind of refer to as "get out of the boat" moments, if you like. It felt. It may seem silly to you now, but it felt quite scary to me coming to Swindon. I knew nothing of Swindon. I didn't know anybody here. I really didn't want to start again. I was kind of comfortable where I was. And I tried to get another job in, in order to stay in London. Um, but God had other plans. And eventually I kind of surrendered, gave up, and said, OK, I'll go. I can, I can picture right now where I was in my flat in London when I just got on my knees. I was crying before God, just saying, OK, Lord it's obvious, you want me to go, I'll go. Um, In Swindon, God made it very clear that I was to get involved with a small group of people who were just starting Swindon Family Church. One or two of you were probably there. Um, It wasn't the church I would naturally have chosen. It was utterly different to what I was used to. Um, And I think I've talked about this before. I was actually quite full of fear When I first came, just in terms of what God might do, it was charismatic, the Holy Spirit was at work, he was doing stuff with people, I was kind of scared of what he might do with me or make me do. Um, But there was something very real about the presence of God, the reality of God and what he was doing in people's lives. And um, there was something really attractive about the people, about the welcome, about the relationships, um, which really kept me coming. The Holy Spirit got to work. God very gently began to unlock me. Um, I'd believed before, but I think what happened at that point was that a real day-to-day proper kind of walk with God gradually became much more of a reality for me. I was filled with the Spirit in a way that I hadn't been before before. I was baptized in water, and I developed some relationships with people around me that were real, and there was, uh, there was reality, there was accountability, um, and that was really key for me. And it was really uh, at that point, um, with those, in those relationships, that I first began to kind of be more open about same-sex attraction. I spoke to the elders, or a couple of the elders at the time, Mark was one of them, and one or two other friends as well. And just experienced grace, people, they listened, they prayed, and really gave God space uh, to do what he wanted to do. Nothing particularly changed in terms of the thoughts and the feelings. It still felt like a struggle, but I guess bit by bit what happened was that I allowed God into that area of my life. And one of the things that was kind of happening at that time as I was experiencing more of God was that I, I, I guess I learned how to pray. I was single, I had plenty of time, I loved walking, and so I used to go off for hours on end, days, Saturdays, often I'd just go off to the Cotswolds and just walk and pray and cry out to God um, with the things that were on my heart. I read, you know, I read in my Bible, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I read that I was to ask him for the things that I desired, and so that's what I did, and one of the repeated cries of my heart, I guess, at that time as I was uh, walking and praying often was, God, please give me a wife, give me a family, give me children. It, those were things that I'd always desired. They, they were deep desires in my heart for as long as I can remember, really. I didn't know how they were going to happen. I sure didn't know how to make them happen, but I knew that God did. So I asked a lot. Now, obviously, this, this is not the only thing that's going on in my life at this point. I'm talking to you about one aspect, and I'm kind of jumping lots of bits as well, and, uh, just to kind of pick up on the more significant parts of the story. Um, and I have to admit, at, at my age, some of, the, some of the timings get a little bit hazy as I look back. Um, but let me introduce Helen into the story, my lovely wife. Um, well, I don't, I'm not sure that actually needs a round of applause, but anyway... Um, <laughs> We we met through mutual friends who were part of the church. Um, she was just coming back to God. That's another whole story. She can tell that sometime. Um, she liked my car. She wanted my job. Apparently, <laughs> true story. And she seemed to like hanging out with me. Um, we became part of the same small group and also a group that was planting a congregation in West Swindon at the time. Don't ask. Um, and she did eventually get a job in one of the departments that, um, that, was, uh, that I was responsible for at work. Um, Helen's very different from me. And where I was kind of anxious and insecure, she didn't seem to have a care in the world. Where I was quiet and introvert, she uh, wore a heart on her sleeve and loved being with people. Um, where my experience of life had been uh, somewhat sheltered, hers not so much. Um, and really, she was a breath of fresh air in my kind of over-analyzed life. And I loved being around her. And I kind of just started to wonder at this point, is, is this God? Could this be? Um, we spent more time together um, over a whole period that I'm cutting short for this story until the point where Mark gave me that talk about what are your intentions? Come on, you need to be clear what's happening here. It, it was very good. Well done, Mark. Um, but as I don't know if you can imagine, this was a very big deal for me. I didn't know really what to do, I didn't know if it could work, but I think gradually I just felt like God was in it more and more. So I spoke to Helen, I was completely open with her, I told her everything, my feelings, my struggle, my journey, and all the rest of it. And to my surprise, she didn't seem to be in the least bit phased. Apparently it didn't change anything. She just wanted me. I know. Oh, stop, will you stop clapping? <laughs> this is a serious bit of the story. I tell you what, there was so much heart searching, there was praying, there was analyzing. You get the bit of, a, bit of a theme in the story there. And there was lots of waiting on Helen's part, as she always says. But in the end, I decided that it was God, I asked her to marry me. Not very well. If I was going back and do it again, I would do it properly, but I was a bit rubbish at that kind of thing. And at one level, I have to say, it felt like a huge risk, a huge step in the dark. But it also felt like God. And for those of you who, uh, some of you will know, Andrew Leakey, who was the founding pastor of this church, uh, who used to regularly say, and I was kind of drilled in this, he used to say, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And that was kind of what I was brought up in. So this was get out, of the bo- get out of the boat moment two, if you like. And I genuinely, I look back, we talk about this, and I look back and kind of often think, now what was I thinking? It had to be God, it really did. Um, At one level, the rest is history. God amazingly stepped in and met me, and I still can't can't really find the words to describe what happened. I believe it was a miracle. I believe it was the grace of God. Marriage worked in every area. I won't go into the details for you. Um, And it was fantastic. It was everything that I dreamed of and more. Um, I was and continue to be every day just incredibly grateful for the way that God met me, the way that God intervened, his grace, um, we have three fantastic kids. To me, marriage is the most amazing gift. And I think a, a lot because I just never really knew if I would a- actually be able to be married. Um, and I just believe that Helen is God's perfect, perfectly designed wife for me. So what happened next? Well, we did married life. It was, it is great The feelings of same-sex attraction didn't just go away, but equally, they didn't feel like a big deal. They didn't define me. They weren't my identity. A thorn in the flesh, in the words of Paul, if you like. And I guess just like many other things that people have to face and learn to handle in life, they needed to be resisted, turned away from, ignored with the help of the Holy Spirit and the grace of God. And all part of, I guess, the process of sanctification and restoration that is the The journey of every Christian through life. Which ultimately will be completed when I, when you meet Jesus face to face. And between me and God, that was absolutely fine. But my emotions around this whole subject kind of pointed to a different issue, a a new issue, if you like. A separate issue, which was fear. A lot of fear. Fear mainly around what would people think, how would people react to this. And so as far as other people were concerned, on the whole, this was an area that I kind of kept in a, in a little box, hidden away, in the corner, with the lid tightly shut on. It wasn't something I wanted to talk about. It wasn't something I felt I hardly was able to talk about, to be honest. Um, and ver- weirdly, the topic very rarely seemed to come up and if it did I would avoid it as much as possible just so that I didn't really have to face the fear that went with it for me. Until that is Colin addressed the subject of sexuality as part of the Trending Now series that was at the begin- beginning of last year and really so there that's where the next chapter of the story begins because I kind of started to realize that God probably didn't want to leave me in that state as it were with that fear I read in my Bible, it was for freedom that God had set me free, but I wasn't living in the freedom that I read about on the pages of my Bible. I was decidedly hidden, tied up, ashamed, so on. But I guess it gradually dawned on me that God wasn't finished with me yet, that the process of sanctification never stops, and that actually he loved me too much to leave me in the way, uh, the way that I was. Now, I didn't greet this revelation with great joy, To begin with, I did nothing at all very much. I did initiate a few more conversations, made myself vulnerable um, bit by bit with one or two other people, Um, but it wasn't really until earlier this year, a couple of months ago really, that God started to really properly get on my case, um, to provoke and prod and nudge in every possible way that he could. Um, That... That's the only way I can describe it, really. I just couldn't ignore the, the, what the Spirit was doing in me. And so I have to say, the last couple of months, as God has been at work by His Spirit, have been really tough. Um, there's been a huge amount of fear that I've battled with, the implications of what God seemed to be asking of me. What did it mean? What would I need to do? Um, it's been a roller coaster At the worst moments, kind of feeling it was just too much and I just didn't you know, really know what to do with myself. And yet kind of also at the same time knowing that God was doing something, that God was at work by his spirit, that he had me in his hands. Um, and kind of weirdly, although it was a really stressful time, just feeling the grip of the hand of God, I can't describe it any, way, uh, any other way, when I felt like I was getting near the edge. Um, and knowing and proving time and time again, just in the most little details of life, that he had my back, that he wouldn't let my foot slip, um, that he did hem me in behind him before, that, um, that he was going to look after me, as it were. And really, I guess, beginning to realize that some of the things that I most feared were the very things that would bring me the freedom that I read about in my Bible. And so here I am today, if you like, get out of the boat, moment three. And it really, I—that that is such a good description for me of, of how it's been in terms of, you know, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. If you look at the wind and the waves, you start to sink, but you need to fix your eyes on him. And that, I, that genuinely is what it's felt like. Um, and I gradually just realized that obedience meant taking the next step that God put before me and that I needed to just talk publicly, really. Not having to have everything worked out, not having to work out what would reactions be, how would it, you know, what would happen, all of that, but just to be obedient and take the next step that God put in front of me. Easy to do, uh, easy to say, difficult to do, and that really I didn't have to have everything worked out, that that was God's job. And I, I tell you what, the Bible and the promises of God have so come to life over this period, and uh, just, I just feel like even standing here today that I'm kind of putting to the test, really, some of the, things that, uh, some of the things that I read in the Bible and that have lived with me over the past few weeks. Um, but that, that's the Christian life, isn't it? Um, you know, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Let us throw off everything that hinders and run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. And the race that is marked out for each of us is different, isn't it? Don't worry about tomorrow. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen, I can testify to that. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds and much fruit. And I guess the only other thing to say at this point probably is that I couldn't have been through this last little patch without... The people that God's put around me, just some incredible people. The the team have just been amazing, just standing with me. That picture of Moses on the mountain with his arms raised as he's praying, held up by friends. That is absolutely how it's been. The guys have been amazing. So supportive, compassionate. It's, It's just a privilege, and one or two other friends as well as the team, but it's such a privilege to be part of the people of God who are pursuing him and are in it together with one another's backs and it's just it's been amazing what's next who knows God does obviously all I know right now is that I needed to be obedient and do this this morning and tell my story Um, I think to start with I thought this was kind of the end of a chapter I think it's more like the beginning of a chapter right now Um, but my desire genuinely for you know from here on is just to be as fruitful in the purposes of God as I possibly can be and do the things that he leads by his spirit um Whatever that looks like, so but guys, God is so good. He is so faithful, He doesn't let us go. Um, he is amazing, and his grace is really is sufficient for everything that we face. Um, yeah, that's it, really.